And welcome out to Peekappy Podcast. This is a Pokemon anime podcast going through each episode of the series uh, one at a time in order as best we can. And and right now we are preparing for our first foray into the world of contest battles. May is preparing to challenge for her first ribbon. This episode's going up a little later than I wanted, but there's a lot of recording and editing on my plate right now. And it's less about this episode and more about the next one. The next episode is a doozy. For now, though, today's episode is quite delightful. It is Advanced Generation number 34, having a waylord of a time. Anyway, last episode, we met Drew, May's first rival in the Hoenn region, and he's a contest coordinator. May also registered for a contest and is in heavy training for this. We're still learning about contests and the contest circuit in Hoenn, but I think we learned enough about Drew to form a few judgments. He does gain more dimensions in time, but I wouldn't say there's any real misunderstandings here. That jigsaw puzzle looks pretty much like the picture on the box. And May has Ash's skill for picking rivals, like... It's gonna be a couple of seasons before we start getting healthy rivalries as a rule. The best this show's done so far is Richie, and we hardly ever get to hang out with him. But we just came off of Gary's existential crisis, and now we're getting stuff like Drew pulling pigtails because he can't handle mature human interaction, and soon we'll get to deal with Harley, and that's gonna be interesting. And we get some respite with Soledad, and then it's right into possible legit sociopath Paul. Kenny and Nando are gonna look like saints by the time we get to them. Anyway, the addition of contests into the games and the anime was a cool feature. I love them. Um, But one we've not seen much of in recent years. And our sponsor, PokePress, has an interesting theory on why that is. Steven postulates that it was basically the anime that killed it. Like, the pair of reprehensibles in Drew and Harley and absence of any other positive male role models in contests might have turned guys off from that avenue. I mean, those two are basically it. You don't even have Ash participating in Hoenn contests to sort of legitimize things. It's an interesting thought, and if you want to weigh in on that discussion, head on over to PokePress on YouTube, um, or I'll have that link on my blog page. Even if it's not the reason or even the main reason, it is true that contests are a thing we don't see as much of anymore. And even just the general idea of an alternate path Uh, within the game, or an alternate pursuit besides just beating the gyms, is less prevalent in the games than they used to be, I think. 
Although it does seem that some of the other ideas in contests boosting your Pokemon's health or well-being or appearance have found their ways into other aspects of gameplay. So it's an interesting discussion to have, for sure. And definitely a different look at how the anime affects the games or vice versa. Like I said, PokePress on YouTube is where you can find that video and many other discussions. Um, And I'll have that link on my blog page and I'll give you that info at the end of the episode. For now, let's get into episode 34. Okay, so the gang is hanging around Slateport City and the beach and they're preparing for May's first ever Pokemon contest. She feels ready and more than ready to take on Drew. Her Beautifly is going to knock him dead. In fact, she's so focused on working with Beautifly to prepare for this contest that her Torchic is, is maybe feeling a little lonely and left out. And Max feels sympathy for it, and over breakfast tells Ash and Brock he's worried May doesn't love Torchic anymore, like it's been replaced by Beautifly. Maybe don't have that conversation right in front of Torchic, Max. Like, that's not gonna help its self-esteem or anything. Luckily, Brock and Ash are of the opinion that while May may be spending all her time with Beautifly as the contest approaches, she still really loves Torchic and always will. Why? Because Torchic is her very first Pokémon. Her first partner. Max maybe can't understand it yet, but old man Brock knows that his first Pokemon is always going to be special to him. He and Onyx will always have a special bond, strong enough with which to someday Mega Evolve. And Ash, well, he went and practically married his starter Pokemon like you don't get closer than those two. Of course, Ash is a good dad and immediately looks over to reassure the kids. All the Pokemon I catch are special to me, though. You guys know that. I love you all equally. Oh my gosh, the amount of sap dripping from his voice right now is so thick and sweet and plentiful that we could pour it in the snow and make candy. Like, wow. And I love the team dynamics within this show and how they change from region to region. Like, that is one of the fun things about doing this podcast for me, is just, like, hyper-analyzing every region's team. And, you know, in Johto or Kanto, I'm not sure that Ash could have been that cheesy and gotten away with it. Like, his Pokémon definitely wouldn't have believed him. There were a few episodes I thought Chikorita might murder Pikachu in his sleep, but... Right now, Ash is just like, I just love you guys. And they're all like, OMG, we know. And it's just amazing. Ash and Pikachu have a bit of a cuddle moment at that. And then Ash explains to Max that bonds like this build over time. Like he and Pikachu weren't always joined at the hip. Pikachu used to kind of hate his guts and never did a thing he asked. And Max is just like, You two are currently trying to fuse your cheeks together. Like, I find this a little hard to believe. But those growing pains are part of what makes the bond special. Brock relates the story of how he met Onyx. Probably one of the very few happy memories he has involving his dad. His 10th birthday, he woke up and there was this giant Onyx wearing a bow leaning in through the window. And can I just say how jazzed Onyx looks about this? Like, you're awake, you're awake! Hi, kid! (laughs) 
and Brock's dad is there, and the three of them go off into the mountains to watch the sunset, and Brock's dad tells him, from now on, this Onyx will always be your partner. And Brock's like, it was the best birthday. I felt like I'd earned my father's recognition for the first time. Possibly the last. <laughs> Sometime later, he just up and vanished. <laughs> which, which might be why Ash and Brock have a bit of a moment after that story. Like, wow, Brock, sounds like your dad's pretty cool. And Brock's like, I guess. I don't know, I get the feeling that Brock has vented to Ash before about his very complicated feelings involving his family. <laughs> Sometimes they have good moments. Other times. <laughs> but on that note, we bring up an issue we've touched on before. How kids get their starter Pokemon, and in the case of gym leader families... Yeah, they don't have to get their Pokemon from a regional professor or a Pokemon center nor does it need to be one of the region's three starter Pokemon. Sometimes they inherit the family Pokemon, or a child of the family Pokemon, or something in line with what the family or the gym trains, or something local. And Max realizes that his dad could give him any Pokemon. Like a Slackoth. And he's thinking maybe he wouldn't like that option. Um, and while he's thinking that Nurse Joy walks by and notices all their Pokemon, and Brock notices Nurse Joy. But while she shoots Brock down a little, she's very happy to talk about the Pokemon. They're lovely. Torchic, Trico, and Mudkip in particular, they're raised very well. And she's got a good eye for that sort of thing because one of her responsibilities is to provide new trainers with their starter Pokemon. And there is one coming today, in fact. Joy's got her own Mudkip, Torchic, and Trico ready that need a checkup before that trainer gets here. In fact, we'll see she's got a mini laboratory set up in the Pokemon Center, less for research, but so she can fulfill some of the duties a regional professor might for the young trainers in the area. It's pretty cool. And she invites all the kids to help her with the checkup because Max seems so interested, and Brock seems too interested. She, she needs some buffers. <laughs> I feel for Nurse Joy. Right now, I've also got a dude in my life who's deep into that one-sided interest thing and, and, gosh, is oblivious to all the social cues. And as always happens, my real life projects onto Pokemon, but, but when you're a girl, all you have are social cues to defend yourself. Like, if you shoot a guy down directly, particularly one who is nice but maybe not adept socially you're called all sorts of horrible things and like why didn't you give him a chance and then you get the guys who are a bit more socially adept going like why do you lie and evade like just give it to me straight if you aren't into me and i could take it and it's like how do i know that you're the one guy in a hundred who doesn't expect me to have a reason i can't go out with you who's actually gonna take yeah i just don't want to as an answer, like, like instead of expecting people to come up with all these excuses about, like, I have a boyfriend, I'm not dating anyone now, I'm busy. Like, we just don't know which ones are going to be Brock and which ones are going to be a character in Fatal Attraction. And so every time some guy expresses interest in you and you're not feeling it at that exact moment in time, you've got to do all sorts of etiquette acrobatics just to get through the day. So yeah, I'm feeling for Nurse Joy's side of things right now. 
But the checkup proceeds without event, everyone behaves themselves, and the trained Pokémon are happy to take the new starter Pokémon under their metaphorical wings for some exercise. Max gets to throw around a few Pokéballs, and we look at these three starter Pokémon, Torchic, Mudkip, and Trico, and, and they have very different personalities from the characters we are coming to know and love. For example, this new Mudkip starts bawling the second it's out of its Pokéball. And the Trico sticks a flower in its mouth and is a bit more coy, implying it's either female or it's vanity smurf. Anyway, we cut to May, who is out training with Beautifly. Silverwind is coming along nicely, and they find a beached Waylord. So May immediately phones the Pokemon Center to get a hold of Nurse Joy, and Joy goes out to deal with the situation, and leaves Ash, Brock, and Max in charge of the Pokemon. And the instruction she gives is not to let these Pokemon leave the building. They're not used to being outdoors, they're untrained, just babysit and keep everyone indoors and don't burn the house down. And and the one person with real babysitting experience runs out the door like, Nurse Joy, I should help you! And as Brock goes, Ash is like, oh good grief, I hope I'm never like that. Don't tell me Ash doesn't have some clue what's going on with Brock and some of the romantic intrigues that's going on around him. He just chooses to clap his hands over his ears and go la la la. But he's in charge now, and with an overeager Max and a scheming Team Rocket in the bushes. They're more interested in the Waylord than the starter Pokemon, after all. If, if Giovanni's known for something, it's power in all its forms. He wants the biggest and the best just because he can. How about the biggest Pokemon in Hoenn? So while they make a Waylord scheme, Baby Torchic tries to make a jailbreak. Like, less than five minutes away from Nurse Joy, and it's gone wild. Ash calls on all the other Pokemon to help him corral the one Torchic, who is, like, kicking its senpai in the face, like nothing's gonna stop it, until Ash calls in Pikachu. As you might expect, Pikachu only knows how to babysit one way. And once Torchic sees those sparking cheeks, it's like, woo, okay, backing down. But only for a minute. It really just tries a different tactic. It starts crying, causing Pikachu to lower its guard, and then Torchic uses Ember on Pikachu and rushes past. That little sneak. Trico and Max and then Corfish are able to hold it back for, you know, seconds at a time, but it's futile. Torchic fights and pecks and eventually wins the great outdoors. Dude, what is with this bird? It wants to be outside that badly. It can't wait five minutes until Joy comes back. And all that stuff about Pikachu losing to a starter Snivy, like, shut up. That argument is so stale on account that Pikachu didn't lose Ash forfeited, but... You know, put some thought into your debate if you're going to go with it. In this episode, Ash's team is getting wrecked by this Torchic. I mean, I wouldn't call it a battle. Like, if it was, Pikachu could probably just nuke it. But all the same, Ash, this is embarrassing. Get your crew together. But at last, the defeat is enough to motivate Corfish, who feels the sky-high flames of revenge stirring in its crustacean heart. And now the gang's all running after this Torchic. Baby Mudkip is tripping and crying all over the place. 
Baby, Trico might be in love with Ash's Trico, and we're not entirely sure if Ash's Trico is cool with that. And Corfish is raging with the fire of a thousand suns. It's quite the crew. Corfish catches up first and engages Torchic in real battle, basically starts beating it to a pulp. But before Ash can call it off, because that's kind of the opposite of taking care of Pokemon, Torchic knocks out Corfish. Like, full spiral fainted eyes, and Ash is just like, I can't believe it. I want my Johto team back. The fainting is momentary. Corfish rises up and chases Torchic into the bushes. Both of those two have some anger management issues, but the real surprise is that Torchic is able to fell Corfish a second time with Ember. Like, this thing isn't even real. And then, a flash of glowing light and some shape-shifting, Torchic evolves into Combuskin. So I feel, in raising that Pokémon for Nurse Joy, like we've met the people who do that, the, the dude living out in the swamp with the mudkips. I feel like somebody did not do their job properly. But this does prove that Pokémon in the anime do not follow quite the same rules for leveling up and evolving as the games. And in fact, experience is a subjective term, because if this were the game world where all starters are level 5 and you can easily check that and it's quantifiable and X amount of points gets you this, etc., this whole episode would be 10 kinds of impossible. As it is, it's still rather amazing to believe and Hash and Max are just like, Nurse Joy is so gonna kill us. <laughs> There's a brief moment where Max considers swapping out Combuskin for Mace Torchic, and no one will know the difference before reality sets in. Everyone will know the difference. Besides, if it worked, they'd have to travel with this attitude-heavy Combuskin, and no one wants that. Is to have Torchic stand in for, for Combuskin for a few seconds, and make sure this new trainer chooses Trico or Mudkip and no one ever lays eyes on Combuskin. So Max starts out by distracting May once she and Joy get back from saving the beached Waylord, which is going to be fine, by the way. Nurse Joy treats it a bit, and after some rest, Waylord will be able to swim back home. So Max can now stall May at the Pokemon Center, like, I brought you tea, because you're such a great sister. Can I get you any snacks? And... May's not exactly fooled, but when your little sibling starts waiting on you hand and foot, you don't turn it down. So, <laughs> meanwhile, Ash has swapped out Combuskin and Torchic, and he's trying to hype up the grass and water options to the small child Stephanie, because if this chick runs off with May's Torchic, there is going to be trouble. There's also going to be trouble if Combuskin breaks out of whatever storage closet Ash locked it in. You know, my aunt tells a story of how my mom used to lock her baby siblings in a closet when babysitting them, to which my mom would reply, like, have you met your Aunt Marcy? Like, it's justified. <laughs> Worst babysitting ever. Anyway, Ash is just like, yes, Stephanie, Mudkip's an awesome Pokemon. Oh, yes, Trico's my personal favorite. You want a Torchic? That's the worst. Let me compose a list of insults as long as my arm. I hope Maze Torchic doesn't take any of this personally. Meanwhile, Brock's like, Ash, are you feeling okay? And May's wanting to hang out with her Torchic. She's been with Beautifly all day. She misses her buddy. So Max starts panicking, like, how about I hang out with you, sis? And she's just like, that's it, something's up. 
And I don't know if Max spills any poke beans, but the next second, May is banging through the door to where the starter Pokemon are, hugs her Torchic, and is like, you better tell me what's going on, Ash Ketchum. Ash tries to keep it together, but then the Combuskin breaks down the door, and he's just like, I'm gonna go compose my will in the corner. And he and Max decide there's no option left but to come clean, and they start telling the truth, but it it gets interrupted when this whale floats by the window. It's just... (laughs) I love Owen. So Team Rocket has hover-lifted the Waylord off the beach, and now they're just floating by. You'd think the rest of the city might have noticed this. (laughs) Team Rocket had to add some engines to the balloon to pull this off, but yeah... Now they're just casually floating away with a stolen whale. Waylord, by the way, is still a little sick. It needs to be put back into the ocean. So the hero steps up. No, not Ash and Pikachu. That anger management candidate Combuskin. It just opens its beak like, and Flamethrower comes out and torches the whole balloon. And then it jumps 50 feet into the air and high jump kicks a rope to set Waylord free, and the whale plummets back into the water. Team Rocket actually got hit so hard, they blast off, then fall back to Earth in order for Ash and Pikachu to blast them off again. So that's done. (laughs) Now to Stephanie, the beginning trainer. She and her father are very impressed by the whole ordeal but agree with Nurse Joy that Combuskin might not be a great choice for a beginning trainer. So Stephanie chooses Mudkip. But Trico starts to cry, and Stephanie's dad is so moved by those tears, he's like, Can I be a Pokemon trainer? I want to train Trico! After all, he's an empty nester now. Gotta fill the void somehow. So Mudkip and Stephanie will become best buddies, Trico and the dad will become great partners, but what of Combuskin? It evolved so it couldn't get picked by a new trainer, and frankly, that personality might have held it back anyway. But it's cool. Nurse Joy wants to offer it a job. Combuskin, for all its aggression, is pretty brave, and when Pokemon are in trouble, its heart is in the right place. She could use a guard around, some security... Especially if people are going to go around stealing whales on her watch. So Combuskin's on board with this, and all's well that ends well. And Max, he's all the more excited to meet his first starter Pokemon someday, and fade out. This episode is the most fun I've had in a little while. Like, this is just all the things I love about Hoenn. Like, it's wild and crazy and... And in the good way. Like, there's enough logic there to stitch it together. And some of the humor is made off of, like, you know, some Looney Tunes wild and crazy physical comedy. But the bulk of it is the characters and sort of the situational comedy. It just tickles me. It's so delightful and fun and nuts. And all the characters are well-defined. And you've got Ash and Max freaking out, and Ash is, like, trying to convince people you don't want Pokemon while everyone's just giving him the side eye, like, you are not yourself today. (laughs) And then we also got, like, incredibly sappy and touching moments at the beginning of the episode with Ash and his Pokemon just being like, oh my gosh, team, I love you so much. (laughs) Like, these are the types of episodes I love about Hoenn, and some of the things I think they do best. It really was just such fun. 
And we're going to end it there because I have got to finish up with the next episode, which, like I said, is going to be a big one. So look forward to that. In the meantime, you can find Peak Happy Podcast on our blog page, peakhappypodcast.blogspot.com, or on Facebook and Twitter at Peak Happy Podcast, or on iTunes, Zoom, or wherever you get your podcast streamed to you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all.